Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20-Minute Books, we are delving into the world of venture capitalism with the book Secrets of Sandhill Road by Scott Cooper. Published in 2019, this book sheds light on the mysterious intricacies of Silicon Valley's most eminent financial neighborhood. Sandhill Road is the home of numerous leading venture capital firms that have backed many of the tech giants we know today. Kupor, a seasoned insider in this field, shares the secrets of this influential street, elucidating the concept of venture capital, how one can secure it, and its pivotal role in shaping a company's destiny. The author, Scott Kupor, is a respected figure in the venture capital landscape. He serves as the managing partner at Andreessen Horowitz, a venture capital heavyweight with over $7 billion in assets. Their portfolio is impressive, boasting investments in household names such as Facebook, Twitter, Airbnb, and Groupon. Kupor's expertise goes beyond professional practice. He also imparts knowledge in the field, teaching courses on venture capital at Stanford University, where he co-founded the Venture Capital Directors College. If you are a founder or a CEO seeking advice on navigating the daunting world of venture capital, this book is a valuable resource. It's also an excellent read for novice venture capitalists yearning to learn from an industry veteran. Furthermore, if you're a tech enthusiast intrigued by the creation of your favorite apps, this book will quench your curiosity. Stay tuned as we uncover the secrets of Sand Hill Road, where the dreams of many tech visionaries have come to life. Secrets of Sand Hill Road, Venture Capital and How to Get It. Introduction. Unlock the hidden truths behind the world of venture capital from an industry guru. Picture this. Queen Isabella of Spain in the late 15th century, financing a daring and risky voyage for a certain explorer named Christopher Columbus. His mission? To find a direct trade route to India, to economize and expedite the trading of goods. The stakes, incredibly high, as the journey was fraught with danger, uncertainties, and a high possibility of failure. If you think about it, Queen Isabella was perhaps the first venture capitalist of all time. Flash forward to today, and we find ourselves in a modern arena of venture capital, supporting ambitious startups in their quests for success. While the threat of perishing at sea is less likely, the danger of failure remains very real. About 90% of startups don't survive. This is where adept venture capitalists step in. These financial wizards provide startups with the lifeblood of any business, capital. They invest in innovative ideas and the potential of creative entrepreneurs. In exchange, they secure an ownership stake in the fledgling company, but their role doesn't end with just money. Venture capitalists also provide strategic advice and guidance on critical decisions that set the course for the startup's growth. Navigating the complex maze of venture capitalism can be daunting for many in the startup realm. However, there's a guiding light in the form of Scott Cupor, our author, who's also a veteran venture capitalist at one of the sector's top firms. In this narrative, he shares invaluable insights into the life cycle of venture capital-funded companies. Prepare to delve into the revolution brought on by the Y Combinator, 
tipping the balance of the venture capitalist landscape in favor of entrepreneurs, the compelling reasons why the author's firm chose to invest in Airbnb, and the best strategies to gear up for your inaugural venture capitalist pitch. Part 1. Witness how venture capitalism has transformed over the past few decades. Imagine the Silicon Valley of the early 1970s, filled with a handful of budding venture capitalist firms holding the reins of the industry. For the following three decades, these few firms dominated the venture capital scene, deciding which innovative entrepreneurs were worthy of financial backing. This position of power, however, wouldn't last forever. The early 2000s marked a shift in this dynamic, heralded by two significant events. Firstly, the proliferation of technology lowered the capital barrier to set up a startup. The prices of servers, networking, and data center spaces nosedived, and cloud computing swept in, eliminating the need for physical storage space, thereby cutting down on rental costs. Suddenly, kickstarting a startup was less dependent on the deep pockets of venture capitalist firms. The second game-changing event was the birth of the Y Combinator, or YC, in 2005. This platform provided education to aspiring entrepreneurs on how to establish their companies and secure venture capitalist funding. YC's alumni list boasts renowned names such as the founders of Airbnb and Dropbox. By facilitating the exchange of knowledge among its entrepreneurial network, YC managed to level the playing field between venture capitalist firms and entrepreneurs. 2009 marked the entry of a new player in the venture capitalist game, Andreessen Horowitz. Co-founders Mark Andreessen and Ben Horowitz recognized a shift in the Silicon Valley landscape, realizing that venture capitalists needed to offer more than just money to entrepreneurs. While it was still essential for CEOs to have a clear vision and a good fit between their product and the market, they often lacked expertise in crucial areas such as recruitment, marketing, or sales. That's where venture capitalists like our author, Scott Cooper, play an integral part. At Andreessen Horowitz, his role revolves around advising CEOs, helping them build both personal and institutional networks and relationships. Thanks to this successful formula, Andreessen Horowitz has seen the growth of mammoth companies like Pinterest, Slack, and GitHub, Part 2. Three Pillars Underpin a Venture Capitalist Firm's Decision to Fund Early-Stage Companies Early-stage companies often find themselves in a unique conundrum. They have innovative ideas and ambitious dreams, but little more than that to showcase to potential investors. How, then, do venture capitalist firms determine which startups are worthy of their funding? The answer lies in a qualitative analysis based on three major aspects. Firstly, venture capitalists delve into the people behind the startup. What are the credentials and experiences of the founders? Do they have a compelling pitch that points to a successful market introduction of their idea? Most importantly, what sets these founders apart from countless others with similar ideas? Venture capitalists often look for a strong founder market fit, a clear indication that the startup's creators have unique expertise and an insider's perspective about the product they wish to bring to market. Consider Airbnb as an example. Its founders noticed a consistent problem when large conventions led to local hotels being fully booked. They came up with an ingenious solution, 
renting out a budget-friendly sleeping space in their apartment to convention-goers. This idea not only offered a cost-saving alternative to attendees, but also helped the founders make ends meet. It was this unique insight that convinced Andreessen Horowitz to back Airbnb. However, having committed founders is just one part of the equation. The product they propose must cater to an unmet market need. It has to be more than a slightly improved version of an existing product. Instead, it should represent a revolutionary change capable of disrupting the market. The last piece of the puzzle is the size of the market. Given that nearly half of early-stage companies that secure investment from large venture capitalist firms fail, it's crucial for successful startups to have ample market space to fuel ongoing expansion. Predicting market size, however, can be a tricky game, especially when the market hasn't even been established yet. With Airbnb, for example, the initial target was a niche market of conference attendees. But Andreessen Horowitz saw the larger potential of Airbnb reaching into the hotel industry and beyond. And that's exactly what transpired. Part 3. Perfecting the pitch requires an intricate dance between adaptability and grit. Stepping up to the plate to pitch your innovative business idea to venture capitalists can be an adrenaline-charged experience. Perhaps you've just given up a comfortable job to brave the unpredictable terrain of entrepreneurship and much rides on the success of this pitch. Over the past decade, our author Scott Cooper has been a sounding board to thousands of pitches in his capacity at Andreessen Horowitz, giving him a keen eye for spotting winning pitches. He suggests understanding what distinguishes a good pitch can be best achieved by contrasting it with its less successful counterpart. Often, entrepreneurs eager to impress venture capitalists would pitch their idea then quickly list potential companies that could acquire their startup once the product enters the market. Contrary to what these founders might think, venture capitalists are not looking to hear this. They want to witness the founders' audacious vision to change the world, no matter how daunting the odds. Venture capitalists are not as interested in who might buy the startup as they are in understanding how the founders' vision will revolutionize the world. Once founders present this bold strategy, they should brace themselves for a rigorous stress test. During a pitch, venture capitalists will navigate the founders through what the author terms the idea maze. This is where entrepreneurs are quizzed about the genesis of their idea, why they believe it will translate into a successful product, and the insights and market data that have shaped their ideation process. In reality, many founders end up pivoting from the product they initially pitched, a common scenario in the venture capitalist industry. As such, when venture capitalists pose questions during the idea maze, their objective isn't to validate a guaranteed success of the proposed product. Rather, they are keen on understanding the founders' thought processes and their in-depth knowledge of the product and the market. Of course, this pivot shouldn't manifest during the pitch itself. If a founder drastically alters their pitch in the course of a one-hour meeting, it's not a promising indication. It suggests a lack of commitment to the world-changing strategy that investors want to see from founders. That said, it's equally crucial for founders to demonstrate their willingness to heed sound advice and fine-tune their pitches accordingly. Part 4. Decoding Term Sheets a blend of financial intricacies and corporate governance. 
For founders who've successfully convinced a venture capital firm with their pitch, the next step is often the laborious task of negotiating a term sheet. A term sheet outlines the regulations, rules, and procedures both the venture capital firm and the startup must adhere to for the deal to proceed. Term sheets can seem convoluted and intimidating, especially to founders who typically have less exposure to them than the venture capital firms they're associating with. However, term sheets can essentially be divided into two core elements, which can make them considerably more understandable and equalize the knowledge disparity between venture capitalists and founders. The first element delves into the minutiae of the financial aspects of the agreement. This encompasses aspects such as the extent of the investment, distribution of control over the company's shares, and preferences in case of liquidation. While these financial aspects of the term sheet negotiations hold relevance for the short and medium term, it's the second element, governance, that carries significant implications for the future. Governance pertains to how the company's board of directors functions and who has the privilege of a seat at that table. During term sheet negotiations, deciding on board membership is crucial, as the board influences the course of the company, its leadership, and whether it should be dissolved or sold. In essence, the board chooses the company's CEO. Scott Cooper's firm typically offers successful founders a term sheet that stipulates a three-person board of directors. One of these seats is reserved for a representative from the venture capital firm, another for the company's CEO, usually the founder. The third and final board member is an appointed, independent outsider without any conflict of interest involving the other two members. As the company evolves, so does the size of its board. Hence, it's vital during initial term sheet negotiations to ensure that the board maintains equilibrium. For instance, if your company undergoes another financing round with a different venture capital firm, they might demand a board seat. In such cases, it's essential to negotiate terms to ensure that, for every additional venture capitalist on the board, there's a corresponding representative from the company itself. Part 5. Navigating the delicate dance of CEO board relations is vital for any venture capital-backed company. With a fair and well-negotiated term sheet securely in their pocket, a CEO's next focus shifts to steering their freshly financed company. While the CEO, particularly if they are also the founder, needs to lead the team through the company's daily operations and keep an eye on the long-term vision, maintaining a balanced relationship with the board of directors is equally pivotal. The relationship between the CEO and venture capitalist representatives on the board is notably crucial. Even though an effective board should allow the CEO ample latitude to manage their company, this isn't always the practice. Many venture capitalists have previously held CEO roles and might be inclined to intervene in the daily proceedings of the companies they've invested in. However, it's paramount to remember that venture capitalists are not required to be attuned to the intricate day-to-day activities of a company. That's the CEO's role. Consequently, venture capitalists should maintain a respectful distance, allowing CEOs the space to fulfill their responsibilities. On the other hand, a CEO should maintain a constant line of feedback with venture capitalists and other board members. 
Given that venture capitalists often bring extensive experience from serving on numerous other boards, they can provide invaluable insights to the CEO based on lessons learned from other CEOs they've counseled. This can be particularly beneficial to a first-time CEO. You might have an incredible vision and team, but there could be common pitfalls in areas like hiring or long-term growth strategies that you're unaware of. Venture capitalists can offer advice in these areas, but it's critical that they don't overstep their boundaries. Ultimately, even though venture capitalist firms supply the capital, it falls on the CEO to direct the entire operation, including the board. From the get-go, the CEO should establish what sort of feedback channels they wish to set up, such as weekly meetings where advice can be sought and company updates shared. In instances where companies have multiple venture capitalists, the CEO might not have the time to meet each of them individually. Under such circumstances, it may be more beneficial for venture capitalists to consolidate their feedback and present it to the CEO in a more digestible format. Part 6. At the conclusion of a productive venture capital life cycle, boards have two routes for the future of their companies. Let's just imagine for a moment that your company isn't going under after a few unsuccessful rounds of venture capital funding. If this is indeed the case, congratulations are in order. Your company belongs to the mere 10% of startups that evade failure. As the CEO of a thriving company that can sustain itself without venture capital, you're likely being approached with potential acquisition propositions. In fact, 80% of triumphant VC-backed startups end up being absorbed by larger enterprises. However, CEOs and boards must weigh numerous factors during any potential acquisition deal. One of the critical questions is about the employees who will remain with the company post-acquisition. It's likely that several key employees have demonstrated unwavering loyalty to you, the CEO, and it's time they reap the rewards for their dedication. This also implies negotiating beneficial equity deals for your team members who transition into the company's post-acquisition phase. Apart from acquisition, boards have another alternative, making an initial public offering, or IPO. This involves transitioning the company to a public entity and trading shares on the stock market. The pricing of shares is a critical concern in this scenario. For instance, when Facebook conducted its IPO in 2012, it pegged the initial share price at $1.38. However, within the first day, it nosedived to $1.14. Fortunately, by the middle of 2019, shares had more than quadrupled. Nonetheless, overpriced initial offerings can often lead to adverse public perception of your newly public company. Therefore, it's crucial to secure a proficient team of investment bankers to guide you on setting an appropriate initial share price. Regardless of whether a company is acquired or goes public, the question of remuneration for VC firms is paramount from their perspective. At this juncture in the company's journey, the venture capital life cycle is nearing its end. The seed funding for the company is about to bear fruit, and VCs are preparing to capitalize on the risk they assumed years ago. However, if VCs divest their shares too hastily, the company's value might plummet due to perceived mass selling. Thus, 
it's often advisable for VCs to methodically divest their stock over a period rather than all at once. Ultimately, as a CEO, you're about to embark on the next phase of your journey. Regardless of whether you've just navigated an IPO or acquisition, the initial idea you pitched to VCs has commenced a new chapter. You are now answerable to either a larger company's CEO or public shareholders. However, irrespective of the outcome, you can take pride in the fact that you've joined the select few startups that successfully navigate past the venture capital stage. Final Summary As the early 2000s witnessed an explosion of new tech startups, the dynamics between venture capitalists, VCs, and entrepreneurs underwent a significant shift. Nowadays, a distinctive quality that VCs seek in companies is a founder who possesses deep-rooted insights into the problem their product aims to address. The real challenge lies in capturing the attention of VCs with a product pitch that skillfully balances flexibility with unwavering faith in the idea's potential. Once the VCs commit their funding, the next hurdle is maintaining positive relations with them. A fair and well-negotiated term sheet can make this a breeze. And if your journey culminates in an IPO or acquisition, you earn a coveted membership in the exclusive circle of founders who have navigated the venture capital waters successfully. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then. Happy reading and happy listening.